Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone. We are here. We're broadcasting live from a secure location somewhere in Southwest Florida. Today's theme, opening a closed mind, plus some random thoughts. Yeah, and I think that you should work on that. What? Opening your closed mind. Why? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Um, I think that is the root of all evil, because we're locked in our own head. Yeah, and I had a lot of random thoughts on on this whole topic, right? I kind of kept going round and round about what we wanted to talk about today and what to discuss. But what really jumps out at me is that it happens so often, right? Like somebody will say, oh, you look terrific. And then what are you doing different? So then you tell them what you're doing different. And the first thing they say is, oh, well, you know, I know somebody that tried that and, you know, they had to. Yeah, they had to change everything. It just doesn't work. It's not any good. Well, that's ridiculous. Like, okay, so just keep eating what you're eating. I yeah. don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do care. But it's almost like with me, um, I'm at the point where it's like everybody has dumb pock, you know, like oh, the commercial instead of smart pock. Mm. Well, he's got smart pock. Guy's smart, <laughs> but when you hear how, when you see people that refuse to even think a little bit differently or outside the box, it's almost as if they have dumb pock. They're locked in their own sense of never changing or doing anything different. Well, and we have to be careful, right? Because we too can be locked into dumb pock. Sometimes we have dumb pock. We have dumb pock. Yeah. 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 I mean, everybody can do it. You know, it's not, we're not just saying that, you know, it's everybody else. But, but talking about the extremes, okay. Mm. Um, and I agree that it's important to be firm in what you believe, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but not to the point where it becomes dumb puck, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's the issue. Um, and it comes down to, and we got to be careful with this too, the willingness to be influenced. But you have to at least listen. You have to be smart enough to know that work needs to be done occasionally, right? Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, you know, we'll beat this up a little bit today. There's, we have a few examples that we want to discuss. Um, you know, like, for example, coronavirus. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it real? Is it Memorex? I mean, some people <laughs> are just locked into, I don't, you know, their th- conspiracy thinking. And, you know, and I get it, right? It's not true. It is true. Um, But I think the common ground or the middle ground might be just to have doubts rather than go in a completely contrarian view. Right, right. You know what I I mean? mean? You can have some doubts and you can question some things. But yet, on the other hand, I mean, some of the statistics just don't lie. I'm not sure listening to some people. Right. No, I know. I know. 
And that's, you know, that's one of the problems is that there's a lot of different information out there and a lot of misinformation out there. And it just gets a little bit, gets a little bit crazy. I mean, um, the, take the masks, for example. I mean, I, I don't want to hop on the half a million people that have died because that opens up a whole bunch of issues like the hospitals get money. That's why they claim deaths. But if you take, which is ridiculous, it's dumb pock. But if you take the mask, mm-hmm. masks cause more harm than good is what I hear. The good Lord has us breathing in oxygen and breathing out uh, carbon monoxide. Right. Why wear a mask and breathe in carbon monoxide? But it's not a problem if your dental hygienist wears one all day. Or when right. you're getting operated on. Right, and everybody else has a mask on then. So, I mean, there's there's a little bit of misinformation, disinformation. I mean, I get all of that. But I wanted to look at, you know, opening up a closed mind just a little deeper because, yeah. You know, no, I, I get it, and I don't want to hop on you know, the current conspiracy theories of the day. But are you harping on them? But they're they're good to bring up because they're great examples. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, agree. I agree that we need to take it in a different direction, but we can't have that same thinking. Mm-hmm. It'll never it'll never amount to anything. Well, what I see happen a lot, and it, this would happen at work, it happens everywhere. It happens with your family, it happens with us. You know, you bring up something new, and if and if the person that you're bringing it up to doesn't really want to change, they're going to argue with you about every single point that you make. Yeah, every single point. Yeah. So we did a class last year on going sugar-free. Not you and I, but me and another coach did a class on going sugar-free. And we were just sharing information. Take the information, do what you want. I think everyone can agree that eating too much sugar isn't a good thing, right? And I I think everyone can also agree that sugar is in a lot of foods and in a lot of different ways that we don't even realize it's out there. Regardless of what you think. That's common sense. I think it's just common sense, right? We had one person, all she did was argue about every single point. And at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you don't want to change anything, then don't. Not only that, though, she's making it as if none of it is true. Right. That's and everything is erroneous and everything you're saying is a lie. And right. that's where it gets to the point where it's dumb talk. Right. Right. But but the point is, is that so then how do we look at ourselves to see like where we're getting shut down? from? Maybe things? we have you have to um, you have to take it way, way, way slower in the sh- sugar example. Mm-hmm. Um Just like you said, would we agree that there's sugar in a lot of products more than we realize? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? And start from there. Now, I think every single person in that discussion would say yes. And then from there, go to the next level. But I think what happens is, and I am as guilty of this as anybody, is that we want to start arguing. And we even had this happen to us today. We were arguing about stuff. And instead of getting defensive, kind of taking a step back and kind of looking to see what the underlying issue is behind it, like really looking at that. 
Yeah. It, you know, it comes back to a lot of the older shows like listening mm-hmm. or doing the work. It's all connected. Right. Yeah. It's exactly all connected. But I just remembered, you know, it just, it really hit me this week because I was thinking about this a lot about the whole like open mind, closed mind. And I see it so much. And again, it happened with, you look terrific. What are you doing? You tell them what you're doing. You get pushback on it, right? I mean, it's always this thing. I remember even like years ago, going, wanting to go to see Paris, right? I want to see Paris. Like, what's wrong with that? Nothing. And someone said, well, I don't know about going to Paris because I had a friend that went and they didn't like it. So are you just going to go off the opinion of your friend? Or are you going to go see for yourself? And so if you come back and you didn't like it, I mean, that's one thing. But at least you said I went and I saw it and I didn't like it. But you might like it. That's funny. Yeah, no, I, and that's true with everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny with that, with like Kristen, she had an open mind and went to Italy, but didn't like the food. Isn't that cool? Right, right. That's that was funny. Cool. <laughs> but she loved it. Yeah. But yeah, she just didn't like the food. So, right? no. I agree. Keeping an open mind. So, and, and let me let me add to that, right? So, let's say someone really is listening to Kristen, and they'll go, "Well, we're, I'd go to Italy, but bring bring bars because yeah. you're not going to be able to eat." Kristen you're not said the like food it. is terrible. It's terrible, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And and someone that it has her palate, it would be terrible, mm-hmm. right? And for other people, that's not the case. Like if everything in Italy just has olives, I wouldn't need a thing because I hate olives, right? But I know I hate olives because I tried olives, not once, not twice, a number of times. And I will revisit olives to see if maybe my palate has changed from before. But at the end of the day, I don't like olives. But you would never say, what's wrong with you? How could you eat olives? They're terrible. Right. They're you terrible. would never say that. No, because some people like them. Yeah. But that's all about just being a little bit open-minded. So some of the things I want to talk about today is I have a couple examples of where people did a really good job of opening up people's minds. But non-political. Oh, it's kind of political. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of political. So can I? About. So if you bring up something like that, can I kick you under the table? I didn't kick you under the table. Oh, felt like you that did. was you kicking yourself under the table. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So one of the things. So actually, it was funny because I was thinking about this today, and then something came over my feed that I had not heard before, and it was kind of amazing. And the guy's name is Daryl Davis, and he's actually done some TED talks. It turns out. And he is a black musician who converts Ku Klux Klan members. Jeez. It, uh, I wouldn't even go near that with, I don't know what, with an a- AR-15 strapped across my front. I just don't think that I would go anywhere near that. And the way it happened was, so this is back in 1983, hmm. right? So he's a pianist, and he plays like... Jerry Lee Lewis and all the stuff's played with them, plays with my head, played with Miles Davis. He's played with a lot of really cool people. He's very accomplished. So anyway, he goes to a bar in Maryland and he's playing Jerry Lee Lewis. And after his set, and he's the only black guy there, Mm -hmm. which he says doesn't really bug him that much. Okay. But this is 83, right? And 
a white guy walks up to him and starts asking him about Jerry Lee Lewis and never heard a black guy play like that before. And he said, well, actually, Jerry Lee Lewis took Boogie Woogie Piano from us. Right. That's how he learned it. He said, oh, that's ridiculous. And he said, no, I I've played with Jerry Lee Lewis. I know Jerry Lee Lewis. Well, that's ridiculous. You know, you wouldn't know. Yeah. So anyway, he invited him to the bar for a drink. And I guess he talks about this also. Um, this was an article I was reading about him, but I guess he also talks about this in his TED talk. And so the guy invited him for a drink at the bar. Davis does not, Daryl Davis doesn't drink. So he had some cranberry juice and they start talking. And he said, why would you think to the white guy, you know, why would you think that, you know, I don't know Jerry Lee Lewis or why have you never? And he said he never drank with a black guy before. Right. He's like, well, why not? Well, it turns out he was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. The guy was. Yeah. Yeah. The guy was. And so it became this thing where they started talking and actually Daryl Davis went to Klan meetings. Like there's pictures of him at like Klan meetings at cross burnings and all of that. Right. And he became friends with some of these guys. And it turned out that one of these guys gave up his membership and gave his, you know, the white hood and the robe and gave all of that to Daryl Davis. Jeez. Right. So those are examples of these guys maybe had a closed mind, but opened it up a little. Well, he, he went about opening it up. But I mean, when he went to go play his set, he had never that was not on the radar. Hmm. You know, I mean, and certainly going to Klan meetings was never on the radar. Yeah, right. I mean, but that, that to me, is an example of really keeping your together, right? I mean, it was sort of like a journey into uncharted waters for both. Yeah, but I mean, he really was keeping it together. I mean, he wasn't scared he was the only one there right and he's talking to this guy he finds out he's a kkk member but yet somehow he still connects with them it's amazing i want to go dig in more and like look at the ted talks and stuff um no that is a good example and we have a few more we want to discuss um we're going to take our first break but to the listeners keep an open mind stay with us we'll be right back and uh, we'll take the conversation further excellent Hey everyone, Charlie here. Did you know Eva and I have a really cool e-commerce shopping site? It's shopcharlieandeva.com. Check it out. You'll find custom designs that might just make a statement about you. And some great gift items too. That's shopcharlieandeva.com. We're adding more designs every month, so be sure to keep checking back in. One last time, shopcharlieandeva.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And today, we are talking about how to open a closed mind. And we're starting with some examples. So, before the break, we were talking about Daryl Davis and how he is a black musician who became involved with the Ku Klux Klan. And... I wanted to just read what he said, right? Um, so when the when the guy that he was talking to like couldn't believe that he had you know seen a black man play like Jerry Lee Lewis, but what Davis did, which was really good, is that he says he was more curious than offended, and so he said, 
I explained to this older white guy that Jerry Lee Lewis was influenced by the same boogie-woogie and blues piano players as I was, Davis says with a chuckle. He didn't believe me. Then I told him that Jerry Lewis is a good friend of mine. And while he didn't believe that either, but he was fascinated, right? So they both became curious. And that's when he asked him to sit down and have a drink with him. And over the years, I mean, Daryl Davis never thought, like I said earlier, that he was going to change the way the Ku Klux Klan thought. I mean, that wasn't on his agenda. But what what I thought was interesting is that he said what it did was by everybody sitting down and just talking, and then he started talking to other members as he met them, that they slowly uncoiled this yeah, hatred. It's, it's right? really hard in that example. There was a lot of communicative skills there, right? Right, but nothing nothing that was worked on. No, right? it was just there. And um, so, yeah, he wasn't trying to boil the ocean and right all wrongs. No. Um, he was just addressing some of the concerns that the person may have had about Jerry Lee Lewis. Right. And so they were saying that he started attending um, meetings with KKK members of various ranks and also attending so- so-called cross-lighting rallies. And some of those Klansmen became close friends of his. And their long conversations untangled a knot of hate that had coiled for decades. Jeez. Right? And in many cases, these civil dialogues led them to quitting the organization because they no longer believed in the tenets of it. Interesting in that um, just from conversation. Well, it's just from conversation, but it's conversation with people that – they believed they hated, but had never actually spoken to, right? They had preconceived notions of it, yeah, of what was going on, but had never actually spoken to them. Yeah. And once they started, they started talking and they started seeing and they talked and talked more without preconceived notions getting in the way. Or even if there are preconceived notions, just having a dialogue around it, yeah, it started to unravel. I, um for me personally, um, I get that to some degree when I meet different people that I've never met, say, someone from this area or that area or this mm-hmm. type of person. Because I do meet well, maybe uh, 15 to 20 people every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, being with you, I have to learn to keep an open mind. And it's, you know, so but. By keeping an open mind when I interact with them, I'm like, oh, man, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Right. And and sometimes the good guys turn out to be the bad guys and the bad guys turn out to be the good guys. And the bad guys ha- can sometimes open up my mind a little bit and the good guys can open up my mind a little bit, too. It's unbelievable what happens. Well, and, and I'm really interested to dive more into his story because, you know, these are these are a lot of these guys are bad guys, you know Mm. I mean? And so, yeah, they're in this organization, but yet a lot of these guys did a lot of really bad things. And so how do you kind of draw the line as to, you know, if this is a good guy or a bad guy, or am I just being kind of, am I just kind of being sucked in and not really seeing the bad part of it? 
sort of like Neville Chamberlain and Hitler, right? Like Neville Chamberlain went to go see Hitler, and when he saw Hitler, so no, this is a, yeah, he, that's exactly what he said. No, you know, we got it covered. And Malcolm Gladwell writes about that in his book, right? And um, talking to strangers. And so he goes, and we talked about this a little bit on another show, but, you know, he goes, he talks to, to Hitler, and he's like, no, it's going to be okay, because Hitler kind of got one over on him, right? And whereas Churchill never met Hitler one-on-one and said, no, this is just a bad guy, right? So it's it's a fine line there. It's it's a tricky, fine line. But at the end of the day, keeping that dialogue open and keeping that conversation going, I think is better. But I also think you need to approach it cautiously. You have to be careful. And that's what I would like to hear from Daryl Davis about how he kind of treaded that line. Because, I mean, here he is, he's going to rallies, you know, and and what if these guys can't protect him? You yeah. Know? And, you know, you have to also, it requires faith, right? You have to take a leap of faith. You know, maybe the organization as a whole has a history of doing bad things. Mm-hmm. Maybe these guys are just members not actively involved. I don't really know, but let me see. You know, right. let me let me at least reach out a little bit. Right. And and one of the things, I mean, it, it does go on a little bit. It said that he was involved when he was a little kid in a racist incident and he couldn't understand why somebody would hate him if they didn't know him. And the explanation was, well, some people are just like that. And he said that for him, that wasn't good enough. He wanted to know more. It wasn't good enough. But, you know, I'll tell you, I had that incident when I was a little kid in Chicago. I had people calling me stupid Pollock and, and yelling at me. And I was a little kid and I couldn't understand that either. Like, why would you think I'm stupid? Like, why would, why would me being Polish have anything to do with, why would you think I'm just, would you get on the last math test? Right. You know what? Yeah. And I was a math whiz, but I was very, a very good student, but, (laughs) but that's beside the point. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just couldn't, you know, as a little kid, especially, you just kind of don't get it. Like, why? Why? Like, why would you think that? And so he kind of, that kind of stuck in his mind. And then he went on to do this and now goes and speaks on the TED Talk stage. So I'm kind of fascinated by it, actually. Yeah, yeah. he's an exception and a standout in his ability to just be normal. Well, and, and, and... this kind of crazy bravery. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, that bad stuff has happened, really bad stuff. Like, I mean, that, that really is brave. And I know that these guys, I'm sure, but like, you're going to be okay. You're going to be with me, but it's like, mm, I'm not so sure. But even that, if I take that example and I learn from it in order for me to get to that level of interaction with an open mind, mm-hmm. it it's going to take a lot of work. I can't just say, okay, you know, and I also have an issue with people that say, oh, I've tried that many times. Mm-hmm. He got lucky or that's, you know, BS. Right, right. And there are times, though, when you do try something and it doesn't really work. 
But I think what's important is, is to not so much give up on it, but look to see what works and what doesn't work and why and what happened. It's all. Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to never let in the toxic conspiracy profiling. Right. If that's possible, you have you have to keep an open mind. Duh. <laughs> right. You got to write so that down. To, I think you have to keep an open mind. So that's what's so important is just listening without bias. Yeah. Listening without bias. And you know what? Every one of us has got some kind of bias because every one of us has got a filter and you want to think that you don't have a filter, but you do. Yeah, no. And like I say, I see it in people I never would imagine um, hearing or learning what I'm learning from them. It's just, it boggles the mind um, as long as it's open. It, and sometimes being open means shut it down. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, you got to be smart. And when you say shut it down, you mean? I'm not going there. This is not working for me. Um, I'm not feeling it. Or I, I would suggest instead of saying I'm not feeling it, saying I'm listening, but I don't agree, but continue to listen. Mm, yeah. Well, well, that you have to be careful, right? Because you don't want to, you don't want to be, you don't want to engage in a confrontation as a result of a conversation, but. Right. But the way to engage, the way that you think you might engage is if you start getting escalated and getting defensive and starting to like yell back or say, you know, whatever. Right. But the biggest thing is to just sit and listen without sarcastic commentary. Yeah, that's hard sometimes right? Mm. because we believe what we believe. We believe what we believe. And it's not to say that you should throw all your beliefs out the window. But the world would be a better place if we had an open mind. The world would be a much better place if we had an open mind. And if you really if you really just look at others and kind of I think for me, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to decide how exactly I want to say this. I think for me the biggest eye opener was there was a couple of things. Going away to school, going away to college. But the biggest one was when I moved downtown and when I moved downtown in the city and was just living with many different types of people and working with many different types of people and starting to learn a lot about different types of people. And that basically everybody kind of wanted the same thing. Like everybody wanted to make some money. Everybody wanted to have a good job, a nice place to live, some cool clothes, um, somebody to love and to love them back. I mean, it was all kind of the same, you know, regardless. We of, all have the same wants and needs and dreams and at, goals. At that kind of base level. I mean, different people want different things and have different aspirations. But at that base level, everybody kind of wanted security, love, fun things to eat, you know, just kind of basic stuff. Wanted to feel safe. Wanted to be able to just walk on the street and not have to worry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and wanted to go be able to go to work and be able to pay their bills and have a decent life, whatever that may be for them. Everybody kind of wants the same. We used to say that in the workplace. Everybody wants to contribute. Everybody wants to be rewarded. I mean, we all kind of have the same stuff when we go to work. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody wants to be able to speak freely and to feel safe. 
And I think when we stand more in that, when we start listening to ourselves and being comfortable with that and being comfortable with others having other opinions, some of this other craziness will start falling away because we're not looking to everybody else to fix our stuff because we feel free to to talk and let our stuff out. You yeah. don't have to worry about keeping other people down in order for us to ri- rise up. Or make it look like we're rising up. Right. When the actual, you know, in actuality, you're not rising up at all. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to have another example when we come back from break. Excellent. I might have some random thoughts. Excellent. Just so you know. Okay. Stay with us, everyone. Mm-hmm. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we'll be right back. This is Charlie Lobosco. If you're working on a development project practicing agile methodologies, this message is for you, regardless of your role on the team. Agile is a faster, smarter, and more efficient way to develop and deliver continuous results. If this is not happening in your agile environment, reach out right now. My agile coaching and certification training programs empower you with agile skills that encourage collaboration, increase productivity, and even improve overall team morale. Now that's making a difference. I say become agile certified the right way, regardless of your role on the team, and then watch what happens. Reach out right now to Charlie at charlieandiva.com and let's continue this conversation. Your future is counting on you. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Thanks for staying with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and today we are talking about opening up closed minds. And so we talked about Daryl Davis, but I have another example. Okay, I just want to say the biggest eye opener for me mm. was when I left New York City and started to see how other people live, think, talk, interact. Um, and I had no idea. So a lot of my closed minded thoughts were from my environment there. And when I moved, it kind of showed me how to open up a little bit. Yeah, because I was going to say, because one of the things about New Yorkers, and you know that I love New York City, right? Hmm. Um, It is my favorite place. I mean, I love Chicago, but I loved living in New York. And the problem, though, with New Yorkers is they think no place else exists except New York. Mm -hmm. They think that's it. You're you're done. Um, There's nowhere else. Oh, it's nice that you come when they used to tell me it's nice that you come from that little town, Chicago. <laughs> I live in downtown Chicago. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. But they would tell me, oh, it's nice that you come there from that small little town. Yeah. Okay. They have bagels there. Yeah. I got go bagels. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And so there's, there's that issue with New York, but it is a melting pot, right? Mm-hmm. Like you always like to say, you know, everybody hates everybody equally in mm-hmm. New York. But so speaking of New York, I was reading about Sarah Silverman. Now, this happened a while ago. I think it's actually a couple of years ago, but I don't know if, I think you heard about this, but she has a big Twitter following. And Sarah Silverman, if you don't know who she is, is a stand-up comic. She's been around for a long time. She's actually very funny. But she had this Twitter feed, and she had a lot of followers on Twitter, and I don't remember what she said, but this guy came back and called her a see you next Tuesday. That's he just that was a one word tweet, right? And she actually went on his Twitter feed and scrolled through his stuff and came back and said, It looks to me like you're someone that's in a lot of pain. And she completely took out any sarcasm, 
any comedy. And she just said, and I see how you're, you know, if I were you, I'd be lashing out too. It looks like you're in a lot of pain. I believe in you. I think you're a good person. You know, it's a very similar example in that from uh, Davis mm-hmm. in that he was just authentically sharing some insight with the person, not trying to sway or, you know. Exactly. She wasn't defending herself. She wasn't swaying it. She just said, you know, I look through your Twitter feed and it looks like you're someone in pain. I believe in you. I think you're a good person. Right. And then he calmed down and came back and said a few things and they went back and forth and they had this whole Twitter conversation And it ended up that he had had some terrible things happen to him when he was young and he had back issues from it. And she actually went out on the Twitterverse and put out there, you know, anybody in the Texas area that can help him out. You know, he doesn't have insurance, this and that. And someone said, we're on it. We're going to help him. We've been in contact with him. And he became her friend. And that's just one example of just one person at a time. You know, she didn't change the world. She didn't do anything. But she did show how if you just aren't lashing out, I give her a lot of credit for that because, man, that's tough. Plus, you know, that's I mean, it's tough when somebody comes at you like that. And it's so natural for her to not be that. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, she's sarcastic. And he said... I always thought your comedy was funny, but, you know, I didn't know that you were this good of a person. And now I'm like your number one fan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and it, you know what? It's a lot of what you said before the break that we all kind of want the same thing. Right. Right. He wants to be liked. He wants to communicate as well, you know, and just didn't know how was in so much pain. He didn't know how to communicate. And she saw she saw his pain and he even said, I don't, I don't get how you're this insightful. But one of the things about comedy is comics tend to be very insightful. Mm-hmm. That's what makes their comedy so good because they see things in a different way. They yeah. look at the world in a different way and then they share that with their audience. But, in, you know, in her case, it gets, you know, there's some skill there again, you know, and it's knowing who you are because you have to de-sarcastic her thoughts right? <laughs> and get it to a point where she wants to just share some authentic thoughts with this guy and see if she can water down some of the toxicity. Well, and what, what I think is interesting about her is that she's sarcastic and funny in her standup and can be very sarcastic and can be, you know, she's very sharp, but She's also very grounded and very confident and doesn't feel the need to come back at somebody just because they called her the C word. Which is a similar um, trait as what we what I get from listening to you read about Davis. Right. Daryl Davis. Right. So, yeah, there's that. And so that just kind of putting this all in context for myself helps me to learn to start watering down some things, even if it's just my thoughts, because I'm not always brave enough to just say exactly what I'm thinking. Um, But on the other hand, it starts with watering down your thoughts first. And it gets back to, we have to do the work and the work in that example is you have to water down your thoughts. You have to water down your thoughts. And what came to me next was, 
improv and the whole tenet of yes and as opposed to yes but right so one of the the major tenets of improv is that you say when you're in a scene you say yes and to the scene you take whatever is provided to you and you add to it by saying but you kill the scene by adding yes and you keep the scene going i mean first off i have to think about that and um I realize that I say but way more than and, mm. right? So there's work there to water down my yes buts and try to lean a little more on yes and. Right, because we find ourselves doing that a lot. So you'll say, yes, I hear what you're saying, but you know what you're not looking at? Yeah, right, right, right. But- <laughs> or, or, yes, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, I tried that and that didn't work. right. Or, yes, I hear what you're saying, but my girlfriend tried it, and that didn't work. Or I hear what you're saying, So why but, even bother? Give but, me another piece of cake. But WTF. Right. <laughs> Just give me another piece of cake and don't worry about it. <laughs> stop. Stop with stop with your, oh, oh, so high and mighty. You know, I shouldn't laugh because I'm laughing at myself because, you know, that's not a good trait to have, mm-hmm. right? It's not. That's an example of, you know, using those yes, but improv skills to keep a closed mind. Right. You know? Right. So, you know, to me, that's the biggest thing to start looking at yes and, and not to immediately put up the stop sign every time something new comes along. And I was even thinking about it. These were more of my random thoughts around the whole thing is even in the context of like, for some reason, we think everybody should be like us. So, yeah, maybe what worked for me, somebody else doesn't need it. You have to look at how what you're like. You have to understand who you are, right? You can't really be super open-minded if you're not really focused on who you are, what you like, and understand that other people have the same thing going on. And those examples from those people, you can see that they had that. They were grounded. Absolutely, both of them did. Yeah. Both of them were very grounded. They felt no need to defend themselves. Yeah. I mean, for me, there's a couple of things there. Um, I was going to say earlier that in order to keep an open mind, you have to really care, right? If mm-hmm. you don't care about anything, um, you know, it doesn't really matter if your mind is open or closed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, first and foremost, You have to be grounded within yourself and want to do the work on a regular. That's like a living task Mm -hmm. to do the work. Um, And you're not trying to right wrongs. You're not trying to share your views. You're just trying to keep an open mind. That's all. You're just trying to understand. Yeah. And so in the same vein, I was reading something from a while ago about Rush Limbaugh. Right. So Rush Limbaugh has been in the news. We know why he's been in the news lately, but he was a huge figure. And I remember when he came on the scene in the 80s and he'd be on the airwaves three and a half hours a day, five days a week. But one of the things that this article was saying about him is that there's a level of self self self-deception there. And so 
he was a big smoker. He was a cigar smoker. He ended up dying of lung cancer, but he never felt that smoking would cause lung cancer. Johnny Carson had the same thing. There is a there's a level that you start lying to yourself about what you're doing. Hmm. And if you can't see that, that's where that mind gets so closed off because you so believe in the own stuff that your mind is telling you all the time. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, being a a former smoker and even a former drinker, uh, my take is I'll do whatever I need to do to not stop. So Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that I don't believe I can get that. It's that... um, I'm going to keep smoking, so that's what I'm going to say to do that. Well, I I think you're more sensitive than a lot of people. I do think that a lot of people deceive themselves into believing that it's no issue. Yeah. Right? I do think that people deceive themselves into believing it's That's no hard issue. for me to grasp. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I don't understand how that can be, right? That some people don't think it's an issue? Yeah, that it, that that can happen. You know, lung cancer can develop if you're a smoker. And they'll then cite many, many people that smoked and never got lung cancer, yeah. right? Or people that didn't smoke. Yeah, well, like George Burns. Right, didn't smoke and then got lung cancer. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's always the outliers. It doesn't always mean that because you smoke, you will get lung cancer. That's, that's, that is not true either. But on the other hand, it does raise your risk of it. Yeah, you right? know, I was... Um, thinking earlier um, of when we talk about questioning everything. Mm-hmm. And that can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing, depending on if your mind is opened or closed. Mm-hmm. So in this example that you're talking about with, say, Rush and the smoking, I would say, why do you think that? And maybe that would be if I was grounded enough at the time or if I had a conversation – and I asked that question, that would maybe open up both minds a little well, bit. Well, and that was one of the things, that's one of the problems with the radio show. It's just one way, right? So no one is sitting there asking him, when you call women feminazis or when you're all excited when gay people die of AIDS. Why, why? is that? Yeah. Why is that? No one's sitting there on the other side of it saying why. People are just listening and sucking it in. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go ahead and take our final break. We have a few. Oh, more it's just getting good. Say. It's just getting good. Huh. So stay with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie Neven. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information, go to charlieandeva.com. That's charlieandeva.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is our final segment. We're talking today about opening a closed mind. Um, And I said earlier, 
Yeah, and I'll say it again. I think the world would be a better place. We've heard a lot of examples. You know, we need to lean more on yes and and less on yes but, mm -hmm. right? Start watering down our thoughts. But um, but <laughs> I was just thinking from the commercials just played, you have to care, right? If you don't care, nothing can begin. And another brief example I'd like to give is in the workplace – um, you know, I'm an agile guy. Mm -hmm. I promote that methodology. And agile is all about change and shared leadership. And um, so companies spend lots of money to bring this in. And yet the the PMs and the managers stick to their hardline project management, which is the antithesis of agile. So they, even though they pay the money, they don't want to open up and say, hmm, how would this work? You know, mm -hmm. can I take a leap of faith and trust my teammates to make this work since the company already shelled out all this money? And on the other hand, teammates say, well, we got to do it their way because I don't want any repercussions. So we can call it whatever we want as long as we do what they say. So that's two sides of closed mind thinking. And, you know, the uh, the rest is, you know, lots of money spent and entropy. Well, one of the things that I think is important. So we talked about yes and. And the other thing to look at is curiosity. Just being curious. An open mind is a curious mind. Hmm. How does that work? Oh, I wonder if this is pretty good. Oh, what does this taste like? I wonder what it's like to live in wherever. So just looking at that a little bit and just being curious. It's funny that you say that because, you know, before the show, if we had a conversation, say, for example, purposes about Rush Limbaugh. Mm -hmm. I would be all in in equal confrontation mode. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but listening to you and understanding some of the examples of Sarah Silverman and, and uh, Daryl Davis, mm -hmm. it made me say, why do you think that is? You know, as if like, I'm curious now. Well, and I'll tell you, when I was younger, in the 80s, 90s, I listened to him. I wanted to see what it was all about because there was a lot of guys at work that listened to him. And I'm like, well, I want to I want to know what this is about. What is he saying? And I listened to him a little bit. And I thought, this is ridiculous what he's saying. Some of the things he's saying is just simply not true. And the other things he's saying are nasty and mean. And then from there, I decided, no, this isn't this isn't a good person to listen to. And you would also say, because I know you say it to me, even if it's true, some of the content, the the nasty delivery makes it not uh, arable. It's not so much that it's not arable. It makes it so that it's not something to listen to and take into your heart, right? You don't want to take that into your heart. Yeah. You don't want to start subscribing to that way of thinking that everybody is nasty and that everybody, any progress made by certain people is is a pox on the country. Yeah. Yeah. especially when none of that is affecting you at all. Right. Right. So he did not do anything good in turn, for the country. 
um, people in his world never did never did a Sarah or a Daryl on him. In other words, why do you think that is? They may have tried. Hmm. They may have tried. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Right, because not everybody can be turned. There's still plenty of Klansmen out there, right? Even with Daryl Davis out there, there's still plenty of them. And those guys that stepped down, other people didn't step down, and I took, I'm sure they took a lot of heat for it. Yeah, and eventually we'll come to the the answer is there's no answer, but there is, right? Start with us. Start with you. Start with me. Right, and that's even what Daryl Davis will say. It always starts with you. Yeah. It starts with you and start looking at your own places where you might be a little bit closed off. And I also like to, I like to do, this will sound crazy, but morning pages where you just write three pages of longhand random thoughts and start examining how you think about things. That's doing the work, though. It's doing the work, and it's also looking at different things. When you start becoming curious, it opens up your world. I have heard so many times, well, I can't do that, or that's impossible, or or I would never go here, there, or anywhere. How many times have we heard people say that New York is terrible and dangerous, and yet when we turned around and said, oh, how many times have you gone? Zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. It's crazy. You can't, you can't know that we live there and we say it's not dangerous and they'll be like, oh no, but it's dangerous. The same thing about downtown Chicago. I would know people in the suburbs that would not go downtown because they thought it was dangerous. I have news for you. The suburbs are dangerous. Every place is dangerous. Um, Though that was one of my eye openers. Um, The suburbs are dangerous because nobody's walking around on the street. So you go to where you're going by car, you go home by car. So when somebody's walking around on the street, everybody panics. No, but there's break-ins in the suburbs. Mm. There's killings in the suburbs. It's everywhere, right? And yes, you have a lot. Cities have a lot of people in them. And the more people you have, it gets dangerous. And yes, there are areas that are dangerous, just like some suburbs are more dangerous than others. But you still need to go check some things out smartly smartly you don't want to just be walking around with money hanging out of your pockets and think everything's going to be okay right but you do want to go see for yourself yep and i I like i like that and i also like doing the work Mm -hmm. you know means get up a little earlier and write some random thoughts down i mean that is a big challenge, but I think that would make a huge impact. Well, morning pages, that's something from um, a writer named Julia Cameron, and she's been teaching for a long time. She was originally married a long time ago to Scorsese, and she was, I don't know if she was his first wife, but she came up with this book called The Artist's Way, and one of the tenets of The Artist's Way is to do three longhand pages every morning called morning pages, and they're not anything to be even reread. It's just to help you get your random thoughts out. And what's odd about morning pages is when you start doing them, you find that all of a sudden you start getting more stuff done. After you get all those random thoughts down, it just helps you motivate for the day. There's no real rhyme or reason as to why that is, but it does work. And when you start writing, you can see in yourself where your blocks are or where your 
maybe putting too much energy on something negative and see if you can turn around to make it positive. Yeah. Yeah. So writing longhand really, really helps. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my takeaways here are um, opening your mind makes the world a better place, but you have to do the work Mm -hmm. and um, you have to proceed with curiosity. It's proceeding with curiosity from a place of grounded confidence because you also see people where they get sucked into different ways of thinking. So you want to be careful that you're not just a sponge that's sucking up different ways of thinking and you don't have your own thoughts. Like if you're at a, an example would be if, if I'm at a family outing and they may be leaning one way and I might feel out of place the other way. I don't want to go along for the ride with them in my thoughts or conversation, but I don't want to also be confrontational. Right. And so it's just being curious as to why do you think like that? Yeah. Why do you think like right. that? Right. And also understanding why we think the way we think. Yeah. No, I know it works both ways. I, it works both ways. Right. So why am I thinking the way I'm thinking? Yeah. If I haven't been there. Right. You know, or whatever it is that I'm thinking about. Why? Why do I have this belief? And sometimes we find that we have this belief just because it's something that has been ingrained in us over the years. Yeah. Like you always thought eating a pound of pasta was a good thing. I did. Yeah. Until, you know, you opened your mind and you saw how other people. It may not be. Right. It (laughs) may not be. Well, Thank you again for a fine conversation, Charles. Yep. I hope we can make improvements in each of us. And we hope that the listeners can hopefully learn from this and do some of the work as well. Yes. So thanks again for listening. And this has been Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And we hope you have a great week. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Special thanks to our producer, Randy Meyer, and the entire TalkZone family. All of our replays are available at TalkZone.com or download the free TalkZone app so you can listen to our show at any time. Your suggestions and comments are always welcome. Just email us at info at Thanks again for listening. Let's face it. Getting noticed at work can be tough. And if you're someone that struggles with anxiety when giving a presentation, voicing your opinion, or sharing your skills with other professionals, Thank it you, can Randy. be even tougher. Hi, I'm Eva Levandusky, and I does. know yep. how it feels. Once we get rolling. You have the confidence, yet when all eyes are on you, the fear <laughs> I, can kick I, in. You know, I, I tried everything every from toothmasters to hypnosis, and nothing helped. But in my search, I uncovered a secret. There was nothing wrong with me. I just needed the right combination of tools and support. So I developed my own program that teaches you how to calm the physical symptoms, stop the negative self-talk, and shows you how to confidently step into the role of leader, regardless of your job title. If you do the work, this program is not only effective, it's fast. So reach out to me at Eva at charlieandeva.com for a free 30-minute consultation. It's your turn to step into the spotlight.